Hey everyone, welcome. This is Lucas Granger, lead pastor of Coastal Church. It is our hope that you will find this podcast today challenging, inspiring, and practical as we seek to reach the world with the life-giving message of Jesus Christ. Enjoy. I want to begin reading in verse 1, Psalm 63, 1. Before I do that, though, I do want to read. I want to read the theme of this uh of this chapter. The theme is a desire for God's presence, provision, and protection, no matter where we are. Our desire should be for God because only He satisfies fully. Praise the Lord. Let us pray. Father, I just thank you today for God, who you are. God, I thank you, Lord, for entrusting us, God, to just be yours. Lord, you are awesome. There's nothing and there's no one like you. So today, Father, I pray that your spirit, Lord, would touch our hearts. That, God, that you would fill us with your spirit and your presence. And that, God, that you would move in a way that we would know that God is real. In your mighty name, amen. Praise the Lord. Verse 1. Oh, God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My body longs for you in a dry and weary land where there is no water. I have seen you in the sanctuary and beheld your power and your glory. Because your love is better than life, my lips will glorify you. I will praise you as long as I live. And in your name, I will lift up my hands. My soul will be satisfied as with the riches of foods, with singing lips, my mouth will praise you. So I think David, when he's speaking this, he's, he's, he's basically speaking about his relationship, amen, with God. And when David thinks about God as I think about God, it's about glorifying the Lord, amen. And I think if we understand what he was saying, a lot of, there's a lot of ways maybe to glorify God, but there are two easy ways. I think one of those is... With our lips. Hallelujah. Y'all sounded wonderful this morning. Most of you did anyways. No, you sounded great because... But with God, we can praise God with our lips. And so we can also praise Him, like He said, lifting our hands or whatever way there is to praise God. But I believe in, in this life that God deserves the glory. Amen. I believe that He is a God that wants to be glorified. I believe that when we glorify God, I believe that it moves God. I honestly do. I believe it makes God want to do some great things. And so today I want to I read to uh, a little bit about someone that... Lazarus, if you'll turn your Bibles down to uh, John 11. And this is one of my favorite uh, books in the Bible because I think it's very exciting. Uh, I know that God has performed many miracles, but this one particular miracle really stood out to me. And uh, I think most of you probably know the story, but... Let's just see what God's getting ready to do. Hallelujah. In verse 1 it says, Now a man named Lazarus was sick, and he was from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. This Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. So the sister sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one that you love is sick. And when he had heard this, Jesus said, This sickness will not end in death, nor 
It, no, it is for God's glory so that God's Son may be glorified through it. Hallelujah. So I want you to put your place, yourself in this place, as we finish this story. If you can, imagine it being you. And imagine that, say, this is me or maybe someone that you know. But it, it always speaks better to you when you can relate to something. Amen? So if you will, relate to this story as we begin reading or finish reading or whatever. But a lot of people, you know how they would always like to trick Jesus. I like when Jesus says something in this part where he says, this sickness will not end in death. But the key word here is end. Amen. Praise the Lord. Let's continue. He said also, he said in verse 5, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. Yet when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was for two more days. Now, when I think of that, first thing I think of, and I bet a lot of us have too, if Jesus really loved him that much, and they, he knew how deathly sick he was, but he stays where he was for two more days. What would we say if that was us? Well, evidently, he doesn't love me very much. I'm so sick, or he's so sick, that why is he not here right now with me? If he loves me, he should be here. That's the, that's the way I think a lot of times. And I've heard other people say the same thing. Well, if he really loved me, he would be here today. But Jesus, he stayed where he was for two more days. So he says, but when he said... To his disciples, he said, let us go back to Judea. And one of them said, but Rabbi, he said, a short while ago, the Jews, uh, they tried to stone you. And yet, why are you you going back there? And Jesus answered, are there not 12 hours of daylight when a man walks in the day? Will he not stumble? But he sees the world's lights. It is when he walks in the night that he stumbles, for he has no light. So in verse 11, it says, After he had said this, he went on to tell them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I am going there to wake him up. I think when he said that Lazarus had fallen asleep, Jesus, he was referring to him sleeping, but Jesus was referring to his death. I think this part is where, I guess, purgatory come from. I'm not sure. That when you die, you fall asleep. But when Jesus sees things, when you die, you might be sleeping, you're resting, basically. Because he's, he's got an awesome plan for us uh, after we pass this world. And we're going to see that as well. So these, what he was saying was, of course, he said, he's just asleep. He's, he's not, basically, he's letting them know, I mean, he's asleep. And look what he says. He says, his disciples replied, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get better. That sounds natural, doesn't it? Jesus had been speaking of his death, but his disciples thought, He meant natural sleep. In verse 14, he says, So that when he had told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And he said, And it's for your sake, I am glad I was not there, so that you may believe. But he said, Let us go to him. Could you imagine what they must have felt? Here, Lazarus, someone that they loved truly and deeply, and all of a sudden, Jesus says, I'm glad that he's dead. That's kind of hard, isn't it? He says, I'm glad he's dead. And I can imagine what their response might have been. Well, how can this man be glad that our friend is dead and he's died? But Jesus wants them to see something. But another thing he says, he said, so that what? What did he say? So that you would what? Believe. 
See, Jesus had done so many things, even with the disciples. Uh, miracles, one by one, and one after another, another. And then he had done so many things, and that people would see a miracle of God. Now, I'm even talking about the disciples that had been walking with him for some time now. They would see a miracle, miracle from God, and all of a sudden, guess what? They would forget about the miracle. I believe they would forget, forget about the miracle worker. And so Jesus wanted to say, look, you always might forget these things, or maybe they're just, uh, maybe it was a miracle, and after a while, do you know how we see things? Has anybody here ever seen a miracle? Anybody ever seen a miracle? Okay, good. Raise your hands if you've ever seen a miracle. Oh, my God. That's a lot. Praise God. So, but how many times can you forget about that miracle? And how many times, can, if you're not careful, the, the enemy will trick you and say, you know what, that probably wasn't a miracle at all anyways. You know what, it was awesome at the time, but after a while, well, maybe, maybe that person really wasn't sick. Maybe that person didn't have cancer and God healed him. Maybe, you know, you start thinking about things like that. But, and so we forget about or we lose of, of what, knowing that God, what he did, he's real and he's alive. So he said that even to them. It basically like, I'm glad that uh, he's dead because I want, now I want you to be able to see this so you may believe. So he said, let us go to him. So let's look in verse 16. Then Thomas did him as called the rest of the disciples. He said, let us go and that way we may also die with him. See, he loved Jesus enough. And this is Thomas that doubted him a little bit later. But at this time, see, he loved Jesus enough. He says, Lord, if we go and they kill you, then they let them kill me as well because I love you so much, I still want to be with you. Now, I'm telling you, Thomas did what he did in the end, but I believe at this moment he really, he really loved Jesus. And at times he's like, I love you so much, no matter what you go through or what you have to do, I'm going to be with you. No matter what I have to go through, no matter what I have to face, Lord, I want to be with you. That should be our hearts. No matter, Lord God, whatever I have to do to be with you, I'm yours and I want to be with you. So in 17, he said, On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been dead and in the tomb for four days. Not one day, not two, not three, but four. Can I tell you something? When you've been dead... And put in a tomb for four days, you're dead. Amen? And I think, when I think about Jesus, how hard it must have been for Jesus to be able to stay where he was as much as he loved Lazarus and Mary and Martha and all these people. Could you imagine how hard it had to be for Jesus to stay where he was for four days away? Could you imagine what the people were thinking? His family, his friends and all them were, were where's Jesus now when we need him? Where is Jesus? Why is he not here? If he loves us, he should be here. But I can imagine what they were going through because you know that when, when this type of uh, situation or when there's a death in the family, it's the hardest thing in your life that you'll ever face. It is a time in your life where it's good for someone to be there for you. It's a time in your life where you're, you would just want to be able to grab a hold of something that would ease your pain. It's the time that you would want to grab a hold of something that would help you make it through until tomorrow. But where was Jesus? At this time, He was not around. But there's a reason He wasn't around. Hallelujah. So He says, He was there for four. He was gone for four days. Sometimes I think 
Jesus is away from us for four days. Sometimes I feel like he's away from me for four weeks. Sometimes it's four months. Sometimes it may be four years in whatever I need God to be doing in my life. But I thank God for these verses and this message because you know what it does? It gives me hope. Jesus gives me hope. I'll tell you, no matter what you're facing in your life or whatever you're going through, Jesus is the answer. Don't give up on Jesus. He won't give up on you. So, I like when he says he's been there for four days. And, but here's, listen to this now. Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem. In the story, that would make things even worse. I mean, even I can walk two miles. And Jesus, man, he's the one that walked on water. I mean, right now, if this was water, if I attempted to walk on it, I promise you I would sink. But Jesus walks on water, but the man that can walk on water, and is only two miles away, and he's kind of hanging around, and he's not there. Sometimes I think in our lives, I feel like, you know, whatever I'm praying for, whatever I'm seeking, it's like Jesus is so close, but he just hadn't quite opened the door to enter the room yet. And then I have to start thinking, what am I going to do now? What am I going to do now? But you know what I have to do? I have to keep believing that he's getting ready to open the door. I can tell you today, I believe that God is getting ready to open the door in a lot of your lives. I can tell you right now, and I believe that God has a door that He wants to open that's going to bless you, that's going to make you say, Oh my God, look what happened in my life. Maybe it's something you've been praying for in your life. Maybe it's something you've been seeking. Or maybe it's something that someone even told you was about to happen. But I believe that God is getting ready to open some doors in this place that's going to set some people on fire for Jesus Christ. I believe that God's getting ready to do some miracles in this place so that you know why God wants to do a miracle in your life? So that when He does a miracle in your life, someone else is going to see that miracle and all of a sudden God's going to do a miracle for them. I'll tell you because one thing I love is to see when God moves. Let me tell you, when you put Him in a box, hardly anything happens. But I have found out that when I open or I open up that box, God will move and God will do some miraculous things. And man, I love it. I love to see my Jesus at work. I love to see Him. You know, back in the old days, I could imagine, hey, could you imagine being there when He parted the sea? Could you imagine being there when He shot down fire? Could you imagine being there with all these miracles that God did and, 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 and just seeing that? Let me tell you, he said that even in the latter day that he would do even greater things than he did then. So I think some people ought to be getting ready and preparing your hearts and yourselves and say, God, do what you come to do. I welcome you, Lord, today. I think we ought to be ready and say, oh God, when we see people, we ought to be so, exapi- so happy and excited. Because a lot of times, Christian people, we got this face that don't look like the face of Jesus. We got a face that looks like the picture that's on our driver's license. And we're like, or it's a mug shot. Man, we ought to have a smile on our face that, that looks like J-E-S-U-S. Oh yeah, you're going to go through some bad days and some hard times. Oh, you, you're going to face some things. Jesus said you weren't going to have to, to face those things. Oh, He said that you would. But through those things, we can smile because we know that no matter what we're going through and, and what's happening, that Jesus is laying and living right on the inside of my heart. The Spirit of God. So you're not your own. You've been bought with a price. And that when you've been bought with that price, God lives inside of you, so you're never alone. 
No, if he doesn't ever do anything for you, but he's living on the inside, that's all you need. That's everything you need. You've got to think the same God that created the heavens, that created the moon and the stars and the galaxies, he created the earth. He took his hand, I believe, and scoped out or scooped out or whatever you want to call it. It's southern. What do you all call it? What you want to? He dug it out. He dug out the oceans. He dug out the seas. And then he took his hands. And then maybe it's a word or not. I don't know. But I don't really care right now because hallelujah, glorify the Lord. He built these things. He shaped mountains and things. Can you do that? No, you can't. If you can, I want to see it. God's worked another miracle. But so he could do all those things. But he did it. And then after all those wonderful things, uh, I tell you, I went to Alaska one time. And let me tell you, if you ever get the chance to go, go. You'll never see the beauty of a created world or earth like you'll see there. I mean the seas and the mountains and everything. But let me tell you, so God created all those things. And then he created you and me. Hallelujah. The same God that created and made you and me and all these children that we see in here. Praise the Lord for small children. You are the new generation that Jesus Christ is lifting up. And you've got a lot that God's going to do in your life. He's going to bless you and going to bless so many people through you guys. Every one of you are miracle working children because God loves you. And He's got so many great things in store for your life. But God lives in all of our hearts. Amen. The same God that created all those things is living on the inside. Man, I don't know if y'all know how powerful that is. God lives in you. Okay. Woo! I'll be one to say it. Hallelujah! Because I don't deserve it. But the same God lives in me. And you. Okay, let's finish this story. Hallelujah. Y'all ready? Y'all ready for God? Oh, hallelujah, all the time. So on the story, it says, so, um, so where we're at, number 19. And many Jews had come and seen Martha and Mary and comfort them in the loss of their brother. When Martha had heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. You know why I think Mary really stayed at home? I think Mary's heart was pretty much ripped out. This is me. This is not biblical. This is tim I think that, that since she saw that, that he had died and all of a sudden Jesus that hung around so much and did so many great things and miracles, but where was he right now when I needed him? Where was the Jesus that I saw healed the blind and the, and the lame and, 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 and he took out demons of people and, and removed them and, and cast them out of people? Where was that Jesus that's supposed to love me? I think she, in her heart, I believe that's why she just didn't get up and run right along. I believe she was hurt. I believe she was like, where's my Jesus now? That's how I feel. That's what I think she felt. So he says, I'm sorry if I screamed y'all. I didn't get too excited on that. but I believe that's where she was. So he says, in, 20, in 23, he says, Jesus said to her, he said, your brother will rise again. Well, I'm going to go back to, I got to get back to 21. I'm, I, I got to have that. 21. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now that you will give him whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. 
And Martha answered, she says, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. And I like what Jesus said. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. Hallelujah. I'm going to say it again. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. And he who believes in me will live. Even though he dies, and whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this, he said. Glory to God. 32, when Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. So he hears it again. If you had been here, Jesus, my brother would have not have died. In 33, when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him, he asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. And at that moment, Jesus wept. Jesus cried. You know why I think Jesus wept? It wasn't because he saw maybe or knew that Lazarus there and Lazarus had been dead already four days. Because he knew what was about to happen. He knew, although he might have been in that tomb and he was decaying, he, he, that's not the reason I don't think that Jesus wept. I think the reason that Jesus wept is because he felt the hurt and the pain from this family. He had the compassion of them. He felt that hurt, that pain that when someone dies, that, 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 and he wasn't there. Jesus wasn't there, but he felt all that. And at that moment, he cried. Why did he cry? I believe he cried because he loved them. I believe that he loved them that much, and he, it hurt him so bad to know that they had went through all that pain. But that's what I, what I think the reason he had cried at that moment. He felt their hurt. Maybe he felt like that. Maybe he had let them down because, but he, he felt something there that made him, that moved him. And he cried. So then the Jews said, see how he loved him? But sometimes he said, could you not have opened the eyes of the blind man that have kept this man from dying? Of course he could have. In verse 38, Jesus once again more deeply moved. And he came to the tomb and as he, in the, uh, as he was at the cave and the stone laid across the entrance, Jesus said one or two things. Here. He says, Take away the stone. He said, but Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there is a bad odor. Do you think? Four days later, yes, there was a bad odor. I used to be on the fire department. I remember one time that uh, I didn't go on the call. I was, I was in the station and when the guys that came back and they, they came back, and when they walked into the bay of the garage, absolutely the worst stink that I ever smelt, and had to absolutely almost turn around and run. Well, they had been to a home where someone had been dead for four or five days. But their clothes were so strong that you think that the person was laying right there. For four or five days, and if you ever smell it one time, you'll never forget it, and you'll know it when you smell it again. So that's, imagine, that's what Lazarus smelt like. But I can tell you one thing. When they, after this happened, if they ever smelt that thing again, I can promise you they were thinking about Jesus Christ. 
I can promise you that. One reason he had to sit there and decay and have the odor strong enough to, to open somebody's nostrils and open somebody's eyes, hopefully it would open up somebody's heart that believed that Jesus Christ is always here, no matter where we see Him or not. He loves you. He'll never leave you. He's always with you. And He loves you more than anything in this life. More than you can even imagine. So he said he had a bad odor. But Jesus, he wasn't worried about the odor, was he? He had something that was time for him to do. So in verse 40, he said, Then Jesus said, Did I not tell you that if you believed, hallelujah, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone and Jesus looked at him and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me. But I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe. That they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice. He said, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out. His hands and his feet were wrapped in strips of linen and clothed a cloth around his face. And Jesus said to him, Take off the grave clothes and let him go. I want you to know, in your life, there are a lot of us, we may be alive right now. But we can still be dead. Amen. There's a lot of us, we're walking around, we're breathing. But we can still be dead. Alan, would y'all come up, please? Welcome around. We can be dead at many things in our life. You can be dead if you don't know Jesus Christ. I'll say this. If you don't know Jesus Christ, you are dead. I mean, your spirit's dead. There's a lot of us that may be some things that maybe we're just not right where we want to be in life. We maybe we just feel like we're not good enough, we're not worthy, whatever it may be. But we can still be dead. See, just because we're breathing and we've got a physical body and we feel things, we might think we're alive, but we still can be dead inside. I believe there's a lot of, maybe some people in here today that thank God everybody set their clocks and got up. I got worried I was going to forget myself. But it might be that there's some things in your life that you feel dead that you feel like that you can't, you can't make it in life. There may be something that's telling you that maybe you've done the worst thing in life, that, that how could God love you anyways? There are so many suicides committed every day, and I believe it's because people feel like they're either dead or they want to be dead. They can't face life. But you can face life with Jesus. I can promise you. I can promise you every time you call on the name of Jesus that He's there. I can guarantee you and promise you, even though you might not hear His voice, you may not feel His uh, anointing, you may not feel His presence, but I can promise you that He's there. I can promise you. He may leave us in the tomb for four days. Some of us might need to be in the tomb for four months or four years. Whatever we're going through, if it takes that for God to make a miracle in your life, it's worth it. It's worth it if God would just do whatever I need. See, when it comes to us as individuals, you know, we can be gathered with friends and family and loved ones. It's awesome. But it's individual. When I need something from Jesus, it's what I need. 
Amen? When you need something from Jesus, hey, it's what you need. And that's when Jesus, He'll come. He'll come. He'll never let you down. I promise you that. I want to read one more scripture. One more scripture that's in Romans. It says, it's Romans 8, 17. If we are children of God, then we are heirs of God. Co-heirs with Christ. Hallelujah. Indeed, we share in His sufferings, but in order that we may share in His glory. Hallelujah. God wants to be glorified, but He also wants you to be able to share in His glory. In the glory of God. I'll tell you today that there's nothing in this world that is good and perfect and better than the glory of God. As the psalmist said it at first, sometimes he feels like he has to praise the Lord with his lips. He has to sing before the Lord. He'll raise his hands before God. And I believe his expression is, everything that I could do so that I could glorify God. I just want to glorify you, Lord. And I believe that that's what he was talking about. What can I do to be able to glorify the Lord? Live for Jesus. Give your heart to God. If you're in here today, if everyone would, please stand. Stand to your feet. And honor the Lord even with your standing. I believe there are so many things that we could do to honor God. And we should do it. He deserves it. The same God that created everything we talked about is living inside of your heart. And He'll go the extra mile. If He has to wait a while for whatever it is, I can promise you, just don't forget that He's coming. He's coming, and the Bible says even one day that He's going to come through the eastern sky, and He's going to come in in that last day of the resurrection that we talked about. Our spirits may, uh, our body may be dead and in the grave, but our spirits are with the Lord. But He's going to come back one day, and He's going to He's going to come in that body, and it's going to be something that we like to call the rapture that's going to take place, and God's going to take you, and you're going to be with Him forever, and ever, and ever through eternity. Don't you want to be with Jesus? Don't you want to live for Jesus? Don't you want to go with Jesus? Don't you want to be with Jesus? We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you would like to explore more resources just like this, take a moment and download the Coastal Church app. Also, if you would like to give financially to support the ministry here at Coastal, go to mycoastalchurch.com giving. God bless and have a wonderful week.